Hey guys, thanks for joining us on Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel Las Vegas. Subscribe to us on Apple and Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify to get notified when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to find out more about us and give online. Thanks again for joining and enjoy today's message. Come on, give the Lord some praise, amen. Amen. We are in a series, amen, of what drives us, amen, and we're going over the drivers of our fellowship and of PCLV. One of the many definitions of drive is this, to set or keep in motion or operation. These drivers are to set us in motion. It's to set you in motion. It's to set us as a church in motion. Come on, some of us need a little push. Can somebody say amen? amen. Come on, we, we got to, in order to drive, there has to be motion. You have to motion. If you're going to drive a car, you can't just say, I'm driving a car, and you're sitting in a car, and it's going nowhere. Come on. You're only driving when it's in moving, in motion, amen. And so that's when you're driving. So this is to set us in motion, amen. And so far, I minister on that. We are looking for someone. Come on, that's one of our drivers. God's always needs workers that we are Pentecostal. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We're spirit-filled. Amen. We believe in the gifts of the of, of the tongue. Amen. In the, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Come on. The church is a driver. Come on. That's why you and I are here. Amen. And then discipleship. That's part of the build of when Bill serves in. As you can see now, our, our model back there, amen. We put it back up, amen. That is part of, of the building process, amen. Uh, and then you understand, I, I ministered last week on radical evangelism, hallelujah, because we need to evangelize and tell people about Jesus and the gospel, amen. And so these are all part of the drivers. And today I'm going to hit on another drivers, amen. I got one more that I'm going to do next week and, and wrap all this up. Praise the Lord, amen. But this is another driver is that we are committed or the church is committed to church planting and missions. Amen. Come on, this is what drives us, our commitment, amen, to church planting and missions. Amen. I am a church plant. I was a church plant 23 years. My, my wife and I, we came out here to Las Vegas because we believe in church planting. If there was no church planting, there would be no PCLV. I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't know you. You wouldn't know this fabulous guy of who I am. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> or my wife, really. Amen. My wife's the most fabulous one. But, but we wouldn't be here gathered together. Amen. But because of that, we believe our, our fellowship, this is one of our drivers, is church planning and missions that I just talked about, even with uh, the Millers, amen, and we, we support, like I said, eight missionaries are out there. We believe in that, amen. That's why we give into the mission fields, amen. So we believe that's part of the mission statement of win, build, serve, send. Say that with me. Win, build, serve, send. That is our model. If anyone asks you, what, what's your model of your church? We, we win, build, serve, send. Amen. And we do it by what? Real faith for real change. Come on. Come on, guys. Let's get this. We've got to know who we are. We've got to know our drivers of what we are. And that's what I'm teaching us. We're growing right now. We're preparing a great crossover. But if we get on the other side of the Jordan, we've got to know who we are. 
And what rocks us, what drives us, who, who, who what, what makes us, us. Amen? Come on, we're not just here, just gathering. Amen? We, we're going somewhere. We're driving somewhere. And, and there's a goal and there's something that we need to do as a church. We're a body of believers and we have a part of it. Come on, we may not do certain things that other churches do, but that's their part. We got our part. Can somebody say amen? Somebody say, I'm going to do my part. Amen. Praise the Lord. I got three of them that said that. That's all right. Amen. One one day you all say that. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on. Say, I'm going to do my part. That sounds a little better. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you don't believe it right now, it'll come to pass. Amen. Praise God. But one of the most critical mistakes a church can make is to overstructure itself. There's an echo. There it is. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're just trying to fine tune that way it sounds good to you. Can somebody say amen? amen. Praise the Lord. So give the Lord, give our media team a uh, hand clap. Amen. They're just trying to put things together. Amen. Amen. we got some new things going here, a new system. So we're just trying to make everything work. Amen. But like I said, one of the most critical uh, critical mistakes that a church can make is by overstructuring itself, by adding a bunch of rules and regulations and rituals. When that happens, a church can become religious and it can start to be uh, to collapse upon itself. And we've seen that in churches all the time that happen in church. And you've got to understand, one of the greatest movements in church's history started in revival. Amen? It's a true movement of God, amen, which we've seen in that movie, Jesus Revolution. Have you seen that? That's talking about a movement of God. That was one of the movements of God in our in our, our church history, amen, that started with Calvary Chapel, amen. Uh, as you read in revivals, the past revivals, the Azusa Street Revival, even revivals within that happened within our own fellowship. Come on, Maywood Revival, uh, Whittier Revival, East L.A. Revival. These are revivals that broke out within our fellowship, church. Come on, they were part of church history, amen. Uh, the definition for revival is this, the growth of something or an increase in activity of something after a long period of no growth or activity. It's a supernatural growth, amen, something that only God can do. I can't do a movement like that. I can't make it happen. Only God. Somebody say, only God. Only God can do that. Only through the Holy Spirit can something like that happen. Amen. Those, that's a supernatural movement of God. Revivals that have started out like this is a supernatural movement of God, but end up in dry religion by overstructuring or putting our hands to it or trying to control it. Come on, somebody. That's why I tell our pastoral team, our servanthood, our, our worship team, amen. you guys, the church, amen. I tell you, you know, the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants to do in this house. Come on, somebody. We're not going to put our hands on it, amen, on nothing that he's doing. I'm not here to take any type of credit of anything or put my name on it, amen. This is his church. Can somebody say amen? And the Holy Spirit can do whatever he wants to do, and he has free liberty. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We want the freedom of God here. I'm not going to try to control that. I'm not going to try to put a name on it. I'm not going to try to take any credit on it. Holy Spirit, this is you. What's happening in your church? Holy Spirit. Don't say, I got a, I got a radical. Pet. No, it's the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit makes me radical. The Holy Spirit makes you you. Come on, don't take no credit. Oh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all this. No, 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 no. 
the Holy Spirit makes me that great man of God, that great woman of God. It's because of the spirit that dwells inside of us. Come on, there's a fire set up in our bones. Come on, and it's lighting up somebody. Come on, that's why there's a, an excitement in this house, amen, because God is doing something inside of you. And if you haven't felt that, let me tell you, stay here long enough, it's going to rub on you. Amen. Come on, so get next to somebody. Hallelujah. Come on, tell your neighbor, get next to somebody. <laughs> Come on, you got a little fire, rub it. Share it. Don't bogart it. <laughs> Come on, share that, that fire with somebody. Amen. Don't, don't, don't take it home and wrap it up and save it to Wednesday. Share it when you go to work on Monday tomorrow. Holiday, Tuesday. Holiday. Share it. Somebody say, share it. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have order. Come on, we're, we're not going to say, oh, we're going to do whatever we want. We're going to jump when you want to jump. And that's not what I'm saying here. All right? There, there has to be order. That's why God places pastors. Listen, pastors as under shepherds to oversee the church. Come on, we just don't gather and say, well, who's going to be in charge? Well, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit just do his thing. No, no, (laughs) there's still some order. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. Come on. But we as pastors, listen, this is things that we have to learn because sometimes it starts off with revival and then we start structuring it. And we start to get control of it. I've done that in the past, church. It happens to every pastor. Let me tell you, church, we as pastors have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I said, God, this is your church. Holy Spirit, this is your, your show. I'm just here as a vessel. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. But I'm not going to get in your way. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. See, a correct structure is not one only built on biblical principles but measured by the elements that we read in the New Testament church. Acts chapter 2, 41 to 47 says this, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Hallelujah. They had potlucks. Hallelujah. Come on, and to prayer. Everyone, say me, say me, me. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All believers, say me again. Come on, all believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone that had need. Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favor. Somebody say, give me some favor. Come on, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily to those who were being saved. Hallelujah. Come on, this is how the church is supposed to look like. This is who we need. This is the model of the church. This is the church right here. This is what who we need to resemble. Amen. This is the church. I want to be part of that church. Come on, I want to be part, man, where they're breaking bread. I want to be part of of the prayer. I want to be part of everything there. I want to be part of never lacking. Come on, somebody. Come on, if you're in the kingdom of God, you should never be lacking. Because God is a good God. He provides for his family and to his children. Amen. And this is the church that you and I belong to. It's supposed to look like this. They were devoted. You know what that means? They came on Wednesdays too. 
Come on, they weren't just Sunday Christians. They came on Wednesday, too. They came whenever there was something of a gathering of the church, amen, whether it be like a women's discipleship like yesterday, whatever it is, if you can be there, we need to be, these people were there. Devotion. Come on, you want to move into God, you want some revival, devote yourself. I said devote yourself. Come on, you you, you can't just serve half-heartedly because you're going to get half-blessings. Come on, come on. You know, like I said, I've said this before, amen. Come on, we, 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 want, we want the full benefits of God by being part-time Christians. Come on. If you're a part-timing, you get no benefits, right? Come on, if you work for somebody, unless you work a certain amount of hours, you get no benefits. You're a part-timer, you suck. That's it. <laughs> I'm not saying that to people out there, I mean, Don't, don't. Erase that, amen. Erase that last part right there. I don't mean, I don't mean you suck. I mean, you, 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 you just missed out. Amen. Come on. Don't, don't start stoning the preacher right now. Amen. Come on. They applied what was taught. Not only did they come to church, but guess what? They took it home. They took the church with them. They, they grabbed a hold of that and said, you know what? That's me. I got to add that to my life. I got to add this to my life. And so they walked out with a new identity. They came in a little lacking and they left a little full. And say, you know what? I'm going to apply that. I'm going to put that into my life. I'm going to put that into practice. You have to apply. You can't come to church and keep living like the devil. Hello. Come on. You You come here to get changed. Not to continue what you do. He died for you to change, not to be the same way and to him to just forgive you each time you make a mistake. Come on, God, change me. This is why we come here. God, I need to get changed. I, I, I need to change my stinking thinking. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta take this off. So they apply what was taught. They fellowship, meaning they liked each other and hung out. <laughs> Hello. Come on, they hung out after church. Come on, they're like, oh, I'll see you next week. You know, no. They, they say, man, I want to hang out. I want to do something. Let's get together. They fellowship. They ate. Man, come on. I know you guys know how to eat because we're going to be doing some eating t- next week. Amen. And we're going to see, yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys eat. And not only did they eat, they enjoyed each other. They praised God together. Come on, somebody. I think we do a pretty good job in praising God together. Come on, somebody. And God, through all that, listen, added to their lives. When you start to do all this stuff and you start to apply, devote yourself and all these things, apply what was taught, then God starts adding stuff to your life. You become a better person. Now you become the man of God. Now you become that woman of God. Now we become the church. Somebody say the church. church. Hallelujah. I like the echo on this. Amen. Hallelujah. Sounds like church, 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 church. <laughs> added to their lives and then added in numbers to the church. See, they started inviting people. They started bringing people. They started, they always had flyers in their, in their, in their pockets and they were always inviting someone to church and the people started to add because they wanted to be part of what they're being blessed by. They see a change in their lives. See, your, your coworkers should see a change in your life. Come on, they should see you happy. 
Come on, they should see you. Though you go through struggle, that you don't give up and you keep going. You can you keep uh, 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 setting the example, amen, and resembling who Christ is in you. You know what, brother? I go through the same storms that you go through, but my God is my sustainer. You show them that they're, 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 he's your anchor. He, he gets you through whatever storm. People are getting saved because they were being invited. Don't just hold in what God has done in your life. Share that to somebody. And through that sharing, people want to be part of that. The church starts to grow. Can somebody say amen? See, the book of Acts is the genesis of the church. The definition of genesis means birth or the beginning of something. As we look at the book of Genesis of the Old Testament, in the beginning we discover that the world was under under order of under God. Amen. The order was under God. And as we look in the book of Acts in the New Testament, we capture the power of the kingdom of God and the establishment of the church. Amen. Amen. The seed of the church, which is Jesus Christ himself, who upon ascension was put at a higher position. And it begins to multiply in his life through the church, through me and you. That's how Jesus multiplies, is through us. Somebody say me. Come on. He ordains us to continue the ministry that he himself conducted. We are doing the same thing that Jesus does. Or had did, had did. What does that mean? Hallelujah. Had did. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm creating an own, my own language here. Amen. The things that he did. Come on, somebody say amen. Someone, someone say, I know where you're going, Pastor. <laughs> Don't get confused with this. Amen. But he did that. Amen. We, the body of Christ, are to follow and to try to be like Christ. Remember, we are to follow or to imitate him. Right? That was one of the lessons. Or the one of the drivers is to imitate Christ, amen, who is the head, amen. I believe the church is still expected to say and do what Jesus said and did. Come on, it's not, it has not changed. We are supposed to do what he did. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to do what he do. <laughs> Man, what a language, amen. Praise the Lord. But we may not all call, listen, we may not all call to be a pastor, but we all are called to do the work of an evangelist. Second Timothy chapter four, verse five says, but you be watchful in all things, endure affliction and do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. Listen, an evangelist is anyone who brings good news to another person. That is you. Say that's me. Come on, we're supposed to be this. And so it says here, be watchful in all the things you do. And so if you're going to be an evangelist, if you are going to minister the gospel of someone, you've got to watch how you live. Your conduct has to be different. That's why it says be watchful in all things. Endure affliction. Come on, don't, don't throw in a towel when you're going through a storm. Or going through a hard time. This is where your faith kicks in. Amen. This is where you stand and trust God. That God, you're going to make a way where it seems to be no way. Amen. Come on. We, we have to endure and then continue to do the work. Amen. No matter what you're going through. Amen. I'm still going to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm still going to invite somebody to church. Even though I may have a bad day going on, it's not going to stop me from sharing who God is and how good God is. I'm going to tell somebody that, hey, Jesus loves you. Let me share the gospel to you. Let me tell you what he did for you and what he's done in your life. 
The church's structure must be based on what Jesus did and what Jesus said. Our ministry should not should, should be a reflection of what we read in the Bible. Come on, like I said, God's word is absolute. It's the truth. You want the truth? Read your word, and you'll find the truth. Should you be doing this or not? Read your word, and it'll tell you. See, a lot of people don't read the word because they don't want to be told what to do or what's right. They want to continue doing what they want to do. But if we're disciples of Jesus Christ and we need instruction, can somebody say amen? amen? Come on. God's word is the fruit in which souls are getting saved, delivered, equipped, and released into some sort of ministry. The book of Acts is a story of church planning and missions. Come on, pioneering. Come on, you don't hear that word very often anymore. But that's what it is. When you send someone out there, it's a pioneer work. We came out here as a pioneer work. Now we're an established church. Come on, somebody. Come on, this is what drives us. The responsibility rests upon the local church. Churches like this one, catching the vision of what God said and what he meant when he said in Mark 16, 50, when he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Somebody say everyone. Come on, listen, church. The church should never lose the love for souls. Come on. The main thing is people getting saved. It's not building our ministry, not building our platform. It's not building whatever things that God has blessed us here. The main goal is souls. It's winning the loss for Jesus Christ. We cannot lose that vision for souls. We cannot lose the heart of God for Jesus came for those who were lost to save them. Through salvation, then the works come. But we, the primary thing, or the primary thing, the main thing is win. That's why in the beginning of our statement is win, build, service. It doesn't say serve first. It doesn't say build first. It doesn't say send first. It says win first. You got to win first. Does that make sense to you guys? We have to win first. Amen. God places the responsibility of the support upon the local church. Amen. The primary task falls on us financially, prayfully, getting involved in the kingdom business. We don't have an outside company or a business to support the vision. Amen. We are not supported by in and out burgers. If you guys didn't know that, amen, or Chick-fil-A or anything like that, amen, we're not supported by an outside company. We are supported within our local church. It falls on us, amen. What drives us is our commitment to church planting and missions. It's through your giving, amen. We plant, we see the need, we plant, we invest. That's why we invest into mission fields. We believe in missions, we believe in the work that's going on. We believe in church planting. Amen. This is part of what drives us. We are committed to church planning and missions. The local church is responsible for governing, releasing, and financing. We must not fail to, to meet this responsibility. If it does, how are we going to reach the next generation? Right? If it stops here and, it, and we, don't, we don't plant, we don't support, we don't, we don't send missionaries, then it stops right here. we got to continue to grow. Can somebody say amen? amen? Apostle Paul did not just adjust the structure to win favor with people. Paul, in most cases, was not accepted. 
most cases, Paul was rejected. Come on. Come on. We're not here to be popular. We're here to be effective. Can somebody say amen? Come on. What we preach will upset people. When you start preaching truth, amen, it upsets people. Come on. When you start preaching things, amen, it will get people all stirred up, amen. But we're here to preach the truth. Come on, somebody. There's a quote, amen, that says, hurt me with the truth, but don't confront me with a lie. Come on, just hurt me with that truth. Tell me the truth, amen, that was said, because of the truth that what? Sets us free, amen. In, in, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 16, it says, to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. And when this happened, I did not rush to consult with any human being. Amen. In other words, Paul didn't seek favor or permission from men, amen, in order to preach the gospel. Come on, he said, the Holy Spirit, this revealed this to me, and so I'm going to take it to anyone to the gospel because it's for everyone, amen. I'm not just going to reach my certain group, amen. I'm going to take it to the byways, the highways, wherever there are people, amen, and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, amen. Whether you like it or not, this is what I'm going to do. Another translation says, I confer not with flesh and blood, amen. Let me make a note here, guys. I'm not saying that Paul had no structure or submission under leadership. He simply shared the gospel, and when you are sharing the gospel, you need no permission preach it to somebody amen come on if you're in the middle he says should i preach to him or not don't call me don't text me pastor do i have permission to tell somebody about jesus i said just do it tell your neighbor just do it it's the holy spirit that's inside of you that's prompting you to minister to somebody don't take time out don't interrupt that by picking up a phone and calling pastor by the time you get a hold of me, you turn around, the dude is gone. The Holy Spirit prompts you. Go reach them. Go reach that person. Go reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can somebody say amen? Come on. See, Paul preached and wrote all about leadership. He wrote about structure and church government. But what I'm saying here, if we are not careful, listen church, if we are not careful, we can structure Jesus and the Holy Spirit out of our church services. And even out of our lives. Or we confine them within our services. Okay, we can have just, you know, I don't have a meeting with the Holy Spirit. Okay, Holy Spirit, last week you were a little wild. <laughs> And we really need to tame it down because we've got some new people and it freaks them out. I'm not going to confine them. I'm not going to put rules and regulations on the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to structure them into our format here. We have a format. We have a structure. Amen. That's here. But he has full liberty to do whatever he wants to do. That's, that's the way it's going to work. I, I can't get in the way of that. I'm not going to do that. Because when we start to structure and get in the way to it, now it becomes my ministry. It becomes my church. It becomes, look what we're doing, amen, instead of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me, church? So we, we got to understand. We got to be very, very careful on that. Church, listen, church. 
we, we, we invite the Holy Spirit. We want the, the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the house. Amen. That's why I've been saying amen. I'm going to take my hands off. Amen. It's, it's your service. It's not my church. It's your house. Amen. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to do whatever you want to do. Amen. I'm not going to put my name on it. I don't want any credit on it. Amen. It's all you, God. You get all the glory. Amen. Come on. I, I want to lift up the name of Jesus. The Bible says if his name be lifted high, it will draw all all men unto me. Come on, you're not going to lift me up on a pedestal or our church on a pedestal. You lift up Jesus. Come on, somebody. Somebody say Jesus in this house. You lift Jesus higher. He will draw people. Church is the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's the anointing that sets the captive free, amen. It delivers, it heals, and it embraces the hurting, amen. That's what we contend for in this house, amen. Holy Spirit, have your way, hallelujah. Come on, say that with me. Holy Spirit, have your way in me and in us. Come on, we have to come together in this church. We got to be on the same page. You can't come in with the attitude and not flow with it. We've got to flow together if we're going to grow together. Come on, let's be on the same page. If there's confusion, come talk to me. If something you have a question, come talk to me. Let's get this right. Or talk to one of our leaders, one of our pastors. Let's, let's, let's clear this up because we want to flow in the same place. Can somebody say amen? amen. Come on. Last thing today. We need to step out of structure in order to reach. Remember, I'm talking about religious structure. There's order in the house, but I'm talking about overstructuring his house. It becomes religious. Amen. Something happened to Paul, who was Saul at that time on the road to Damascus. When he was converted, God placed a calling upon his life. In Acts chapter 9, 4 to 6, it says this. He fell to the ground, speaking of Saul at that time, fell to the ground when he heard the voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, who you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. This was a call upon God, Paul, Saul's life at the time, who was converted and now became Paul. Amen. Come on, the calling that he had was to step out of the structure that he knew. Come on, some of us have stepped out of some structures. Come on, God called you. You stepped out of a structure that you knew, amen, whether it was Mormonism, whether it was uh, whatever, whatever background you came from, God called you out into a structure. He says, I'm going to call you from there. It's unfamiliar. It's different, amen. I'm going to call you out into a structure. See, Paul was a religious man. Come on. God called them and put a calling on him. Are you following me, church? Come on, the calling, amen, because his structure knew that he would not respond to the Gentiles. He didn't like us. We're, we're Gentiles, guys, if you didn't know, unless you're Jew here or something, amen. But, 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 but we are Gentiles, amen. Come on, nobody wanted to reach out to the Gentiles. Come on, we were like the homeboys of those days. Hallelujah. Nobody wanted us. Amen. They, 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 they want to share the gospel. It's to God's people. Amen. And so you got to understand, but that structure changed when the call came upon him. Come on, church revival is not bringing the old to life. Come on, we're not looking for an old movement of God here, church. 
Come on, we're, we're not looking for another Azusa Street revival, amen. Revival is something fresh, new, and spontaneous, amen. Revival starts with repentance, amen, in the house of God, and we must release people of God unto their calling. That is when revival starts. That is what's happening in our church right now, church. Amen. We are stepping out because we want something new. I don't want a Maywood revival. I don't want an East L.A. revival. I want a Las Vegas revival. Amen. And that's what we're contending for. And so when I see people rising up, I'm going to release them to their calling because that's what brings revival. But it starts with repentance. That's why in our scriptures it says to prepare yourself for the crossover. The preparation that we need to do as a church right now, church, if we want to experience the crossover action into the new of what God is doing on the other side of the Jordan, then we need to strip away the old inside of us. We need to repent and get right, amen, and stop doing what we're doing and say, God, I repent. God, forgive me. God, I, I want you, Holy Spirit, fill me and lead me, amen. I don't want to be that old man. I don't want to be that old woman. I want to be something new and it comes to you God hallelujah it's quiet in this place it's new we're not looking for the old that's not revival we're not trying to cultivate what happened back then that was great back then but God has something new right now something so new that's going to blow away any type of revival because this is a worldwide revival. Isaiah chapter 43, 19. This is what God will say to this house. And I speak and I prophesy this over the house. Forget. It starts here. Forget the former things. Come on. Don't hang on to the old. Come on. You cannot take the old to the new. The old has to be let go. Somebody say, let it go. Let it go. Come on, the old's not working no more. We need a new movement of God. There's something fresh and there's something new in this house right now. If you don't recognize it, then there's something wrong with your eyes. And you need to tell the spirit man inside of you to open my eyes to the new. I'm, all I see is old. All I see is conviction. All I see is bondage. All I see is this. And that's what locks up the enemy. It locks you up, amen, to your old that he doesn't, you don't get to experience the new. And it's been way too long, church, for people in the house of God not being delivered, not being set free because they're hanging on to the old. Somebody say, I want the new. So he says, forget the formal things. Don't even dwell on them. Don't look back. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. It now springs up. Do you not perceive it or do you not see it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We're in the wilderness here, church. We're in a wasteland. It surrounds us all around the world. And he says, despite of what you see, despite of what you hear on the news, despite of everything else, he says, I'm making a way. Amen. Despite of what you're going through, I'm making a way. Despite of the hard times that you're facing right now, 
I'm still making a way. Come on, I'm getting rid of the old. And she says, you know what? You need to forget about how you used to handle things before. You need to forget about what happened in the past. You need to open your eyes, amen, to the new that I'm doing right now. Because with the new comes new power. With the new comes a new attitude. With the new comes blessing, promises. Things get released, amen, in the new. And you cannot contain that. You cannot grab a hold of it in the old church. I want to walk in the new. Somebody say, I'm walking in the new. You gotta grab a hold of that church, otherwise you'll be stuck on the other side. That stream of water is gonna stop and it's gonna build up and he's gonna give us a pathway to walk into the new. And if we're not prepared and we're not ready when that takes place, church, you'll end up on the other side of the Jordan. Because all you do is see your brothers and sisters moving forward, being blessed while you're complaining and while you're reflecting on the past, while you're hanging on to the stuff of the old, amen. And before you know it, the waters fall back and you can't cross. Don't let the devil deceive you. You can be set free. I said you can be set free. God can change your mind. You change your attitude. God can break the habit. I said he can break the habit. If you put your mind to it, he'll break the habit. Jesus came to set you free. There is power in the name of Jesus. We just sang that song. Amen. There is power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. Don't tell me it cannot set you free. Don't tell me, amen, it can liberate you. God's blood and God's spirit, amen, lives inside of you, amen. And so through that, amen, it breaks the yokes and it sets you free. Can somebody say amen? Come on, don't carry that attitude. Or you'll continue to live in bondage. I don't know about you, but I want to be free. (laughs) It's happier on this side of the Jordan. I said it's happier on this side of the Jordan. Come on, church, I've crossed it. I'm there. I want it. And I'm calling you guys. Come on, it's good. Because he's going to stop that stream one more time. The water's going to build up like a wall. Everything's going to go out dry ground for you to walk in. And we got to go. Come on. It, 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 It cannot be talk. It has to be action. Come on. It cannot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. It has to be action. So when I say come. As Jesus told Peter, come. And Peter stepped out. He didn't hesitate. He just stopped. He stepped out in the water. He didn't look. He didn't. He didn't test it. He says, if that is you, God, call me. If that is you and this is what you want from me, call me. If you are the son of God, Call me to you and I'll come. And he says, come. And he just got out. He started his crossover. But then he stopped. And that's where all of us fall at them sometimes. Come on. You were walking. You were like, holy ghost, all this stuff. But you stop walking towards him. 
And you started to face the surroundings of your affliction. Started facing your, putting your, your, your eyes and problems on your sickness and everything else that the enemy comes. Because let me tell you, the enemy's not going to allow you to walk. He's going to mess you with your walk and your drive. He says, and you got to keep going. You got to keep going. So you know what? Though, come on, the weapons form against me, none shall prosper. You got to keep walking, church. You got to keep believing. You got to keep trusting God. No, no, no. I, 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 I take these mind thoughts. I cast them down. Amen. You know, you got to let the Jesus inside, the Holy Spirit inside you rise up to give you the strength. Peter looked around and he sank because of lack of faith. He looks at him and says, you of little faith. Jesus is such a great God, a gracious God that he always picks us up. He doesn't let you sing and say, ah, forget you. Drown. He picks you up and says, come on. You need a little bit of help, Peter. You need a little help, Peter. All you guys are Peters. All you guys are, all you guys have been there, including myself. Where we lack faith in something that he told us to do. And we took our eyes off of him and we put our eyes on the situations and said, man, I'm going to control this. I'm going to hold on to this. I'm, I, 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 I. And when we start doing I, I stuff, he's not part of our lives. He's not king. Come on. That's what the devil said. I, I want to be the most high. I, I got kicked out of heaven and you can take some of these homies with you that you converted already <laughs> you're out too come on that's why he killed villages that's why that's why he wiped out children because there was something in their spirit that has to die church something in our spirit has to die in order to cross over that sink inside of you something within you has to die in order to possess what God wants to give you you can't get any new with any type of old inside. God, take it away. I'm going to forget the former days. I'm not going to dwell in my past. I'm going to see. Open my eyes. If you can't, you can't see, you got to tell God, just open my eyes because I want to see. And he'll show you that your marriage can be healed. He'll show you that you can get delivered. He'll show you that your kids are going to be all right. He'll show you these things that are puzzling your mind and so concerned. He'll show you what, what, whatever you see that everything's in control with him. Paul writes that you and I should be aware that we do not become structured, that we don't release disciples. I'm a man of structure. As you guys, some of you guys, if you guys know me, know me, you know I'm structured. I'm very structured. I'm very, even in my shirt, I have to be structured and ironed. I, I got my shoelaces have to be, I have to be structured. My hair has to be in the right place. When it gets too, it gets too long, I got to get a haircut. I can't just go weeks and say, hey, no, I got I'm, I'm very structured. I'm, my home is structured. I wake up structured. I wake up cleaning. It's a bad habit, amen. But that's who God made me, amen. I'm not, not, that's the type of man, and sometimes I used to do that in the church. 
I had to let go of some stuff. I had to let go of that structured man of the past. I had to repent from my ways and say, Holy Spirit, I'm getting out of your way and I'm going to trust you that when the church is ready, it'll be put back together. Hallelujah. I've learned to release the need for people to be released for God to do what God has called them to do. What God wants them to be. Now there are absolutes as far as structure. But I've learned the differences in ways to release and reach the same goal. There's structure, church. I'm not just, I'm not just going to be here and say, okay, wait, we're going to wait. No, we're going to wait, but there's structure. God still gives me a plan. God still gives me what I need to minister to you guys. So there's still be that, but there's room. We make room for the Holy Spirit. Listen, the key to life of God in a, in a congregation is releasing a people to be what God has called them to be. And if you serve as a leader in this house, you must learn the art of release. Even within your ministries, you have to train up somebody and then release them to it. Otherwise, it never grows. And people never grow. And the church never grows. Can you say, this is my ministry, my ministry. No, 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 nobody's going to take my ministry. <laughs> the armory is mine. <laughs> but we've got to release. Train up, release. Amen? Amen. Now, puss is there for season, but we train up people and release them into that. If we dominate people, listen, we destroy people. If we dominate people, we destroy people. Remember, God is looking for people. Ezekiel 22, 30, amen, as I'm closing up, amen, he says, I look for someone who might rebuild the walls of righteousness that guards the land. I search for someone who will stand in the gap in the wall so that I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. God is looking for someone to respond to the call. God is looking for some of you to respond to the call that God has placed in your life. God is looking for someone to say, send me, I'll go. God is looking for someone and God is putting in my spirit and say, release that person, release that couple, release that person, amen, for something to grow. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8 says, Then I heard the Lord's voice saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And he said, Here I am. Send me. That's what we need today. So here I am. Send me in the church. Amen. Here I am. Send me, pastor. Here I am. Send me there. Here I am. Let me do this, Lord. Come on. And the Lord said to them, Go and tell this to the people. This scripture is what inspires us, church. To go and plant churches. Our commitment is to church planning and missions. This is what drives us. We're closed today. Come on, let's all stand up.